Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. If I haven't met you before, my name is KA and part of the team here at Highway. And uh, it's awesome to have you here. It's awesome to have so many people that are allowed out of their homes and in person to taste the coffee and the scones. Uh, But to all of our people at home, we love you. Say nice things in the chat. Be friendly and welcoming to people that might be visiting online. We're together in spirit and we can continue to encourage each other, even if we're not all in the same room. Is that good? You're going to have to talk extra loud at me this morning because of your masks, okay? So make noises and make waves. But if you've been attending or following along our services over the last few weeks here at Highway, maybe like me, you have just heard a common thread that has really flowed through the worship and the different messages that have been shared. And I have to say, I, I stand here today with more than just a sense, but a knowing in my gut, a knowing in my spirit, that regardless of this unsettled climate that we're in as a community, and not just our community, but communities far and wide, regardless of the unrest and what is unsettling and uncertain, and to be quite frank, unfriendly, the climate that we're in right now Regardless of that, not only is God still on the throne, but I think he wants to lead and guide and speak to us because I think he's as close as he's ever been. And I really believe whether you feel super close to God today or a million miles away, I believe that if you open your heart and have ears to hear that he wants to speak to you and he wants to encourage you, I don't think he's changed his mind about humanity. I don't think he's downgraded his love or turned his face or lifted his hand. I think he's close and he's wanting to lead and guide anyone who has ears to hear and a heart to receive. We were on holidays over the Christmas and New Year break and one of the things that we love to do as a family is get the, get the boys out of the house and put them on bikes or scooters or skateboards, whatever it is, and head over to where the river is and go for a big walk. And this was a day just like any other holiday for us. And so we got the kids up and off we went. And on this particular day, I had my beautiful friend Ames and her lovely daughter Ella visiting. And we were just going for a walk and chatting and catching up and having a great time. And As you do, you do the 60 second or so head count, making sure that everyone's safe and accounted for. And my littlest, Asha, this year for Christmas or last year for Christmas got a helmet with a a blue mohawk, you know, so he's quite easy to spot in a crowd now. It was a strategic gift. Um, And so we're walking along and my two big boys came up and said, Mum, can we head home? And so that was fine. It was quite a way ahead, but they knew the way. And so off they went and we're chatting and enjoying the afternoon. And we look up to do the head count and there's no heads to count. And I said to Maddie, I can't see Elijah and Asher. And so he sort of scopes and probably did the boy look. Um, and he's like, no, I can't, I can't see them either. And Ames was looking and none of us could spot the two little boys. And so... 
you start working your way through the stages of parental panic. And the first, you know, you start rationalising, like, oh, they've, they've probably stopped at the playground. And so we go over and we're scowling the, pra- the playground and we can't see them there. And then I'm like, well, maybe they've just gone a bit too far ahead and they're out of sight. And there was sort of this bridge that blocked the view of the other side. And so Maddie went for a jog and, and he couldn't spot them. He came back, he's like, I can't see them anywhere. And then I thought, maybe they've followed the big boys and they're trying to keep up and head home. And so I get on to Josiah and I said, "Hun, do you have Elijah and Asher? <laughs> and he gave me the dreaded reply, no, mum, it's just me and Judah. So I'm like, right, okay. Strategy, operation, tactical operation time. We started to panic and our, our casual stroll turned into like a quick power walk and we're starting to make a plan and so I am not fit nor am I fast but I'm bossy and so the delegations were coming thick and fast. Matt's got the body of an Olympian or a mountain gazelle so I was like Maddie, run and so he sprints off and Ames is saying Ella go go run as fast as you can and follow Uncle Maddie and see if you can help And I'm on the phone to Josiah, I said, get back to the main road because where we were staying was quite a busy road. It was sort of the main road that went into town off a roundabout and just the time of year, I guess, was a lot of traffic and a lot of cars. And so Josiah went back, he's like, I can't see them anywhere. I'm like, get back to the unit, wait at home base. Matt and Ella running up ahead and Ames and I turn around and start heading in the opposite direction because it was about covering all bases and making sure that all our ground was covered. I didn't know if we'd pass them. I didn't know if they were ahead. I didn't know where they were. And so this went on for I don't know how many minutes. It was enough. It was enough minutes to make us all feel sick. And Ella rings her mum and says, Mum, they're back at the unit. Uncle Maddie's found them. He's having the chat with them now, (laughs) which I can only imagine what that chat went like. It was probably a wild concoction of, I love you, what were you thinking? And don't ever do that again, but I'm so glad that you're safe. And then when I got back, I gave them the same chat and did round two. And I said to the kids, I said, how did you cross the road? Because it was such a busy road. And Asha said, oh, mum, every adult in the world stopped their car for us. And in my head, I could just see like MG Road in Hyderabad, India, with just cars screeching everywhere and this little blue mohawk making his way through the traffic. And so to everyone that was into wanton driving safe on that day, thank you so much for being careful and watchful. And even if you looked on with incredible judgment and said those words that we've all said, where are their parents? Um, I receive your judgment and criticism, but thank you for driving safe that day. A couple of weeks ago, I was just starting to pray and say to the Lord, what do you want me to share when I speak in a couple of weeks' time? And I felt very clearly these words drop into my heart. And it was simply this, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Psalm 23, which Pastor Dan panicked me last week when he preached from this scripture. And please go back and watch it. It was a phenomenal message. But it's the Psalm of David, and it's a man who himself day in and day out is shepherding and guiding and protecting and leading and caring for a flock. 
And you can almost feel the tangible moment where he draws a comparison to what he does in his day-to-day occupation and how he feels God watches over and looks after and guides his people. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest. He lets me rest in green meadows. And he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength and he guides me along right paths, bringing honour to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid because you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honour me by anointing my head with oil and my cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love, or some translations say mercies, will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Church, can I tell you that as a parent, if what I felt on that day when my two little boys were lost was even one trillionth of what Jesus feels when he looks upon humanity, then we have an incredible, watching, loving, careful, protective saviour. If what we felt as parents, and even my friend who wasn't the parent, but the, the care that we felt and the concern that we felt in that moment, if that was even a microscopic representation of what Jesus thinks when he looks upon you and when he looks upon me in our lives, then we have the most protective, guarding, authoritative, careful, loving amazing leader and shepherd in King Jesus. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. Some versions say follow, but the better translation is pursue because it's not passive at all. His love and his goodness and his mercy is not passive at all. It pursues you and chases you down wherever you are. There was nothing passive in me as a parent on that day. I did not sit back and go, well, I wish them well. I hope in the five to eight years that I've had them, I've taught them good things and they make it home safe. No, it was action stations. It was cover all bases. It was spread other people out and go looking and go searching and make sure they're brought back into safety and brought back into relationship and brought back into the family fold. We love to paint the picture of a shepherd as a lowly, humble profession. And, and that's accurate because, you know, back then it, it, you, there was wealthy people that would have looked down on a shepherd and what they did for a job. But did you know that across history and across many cultures, the metaphor of a shepherd was a royal one? The metaphor of a shepherd was what depicted what you needed to be a great king or a great leader, that you might be someone that could balance strength and authority with tender love and compassion. Maybe placing David as a shepherd wasn't just about patience and wasn't just about humility. Maybe it was equipping him with the very tools he needed to be a Christ-like leader, to be a Christ-like man in authority over a nation, that he could be a man that would operate in both strength and authority and tender love and compassion. You see, a cowboy drives cattle, a shepherd leads sheep. 
and we are led by a good shepherd. Jesus is our good shepherd. Let me bring a couple of points to you this morning. The good shepherd is concerned with your peace. He lets me rest. He leads me beside still waters, peaceful streams. One of the observations I had of my little wanderers was that they weren't being disobedient or defiant or looking for trouble. They just got a little lost. In fact, I spoke to Elijah afterwards and he said, Mum, I thought we'd been left behind. I thought everybody was up ahead and, and we were left behind. And I just knew we, I had to get me and Asher home. Daily restoration of the weary and anxious soul is basic human need. Just like our bodies follow the cycle of activity and rest, so our soul was not designed to be in a constant state of chaos and turmoil. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and I will fight for your rest. Sometimes the waves of life seem too big for the size boat that we occupy. But peace is the promise he keeps, he lets me rest. He carries the weight if I let him. He goes ahead and clears a safe path for my passage. Peace is the fruit of trust. And the more we can entrust our lives, every detail, large and small, into the hands of a good shepherd, the more peace we walk in. Even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid. Not if I walk through dark valleys, not I hope I never have to walk through dark valleys. Even when I walk through dark valleys, I am not afraid because you are right beside me. I really felt this was for someone listening, whether it's today or 10 years time, looking back on this video, I don't know, but I felt to share it. I was going for a walk around my neighbourhood um, just a couple of weeks ago and there's this one street that I I walk down, I call it Bulldog Alley because it is the most gorgeous view. It's right up the top of a hill, but it's like where all the vicious dogs of my suburb have come to live. And so down this street, it's like there's one, it feels like at every house either side of the street and they set each other off. And so you start walking down this street and they don't just come to the fence and bark, but they bolt from their house. You think they're going to bowl the fence over. They bolt from their house down to the fence. Their nose is through the fence. They're barking and growling and they follow you all the way along the fence until you've passed their territory. And I had this thought when I was walking the other day. I thought, you know, they're intimidating. They're loud. They're distracting. They're scary. They're vicious, they're dangerous, they're not looking for anything good, but they're fenced. And where I walk is safe passage and they can only come so far. And that is what life is like under the care of a good shepherd, where he clears a safe passage and there's peace in the storm. Yes, there is stuff. And it, feel, it feels relentless like it was one after the other. But where I walk, you give me peace and you guide me and lead me. Jesus doesn't lead us to chaos, but he will lead us through chaos. Did you know that the peace of God 
The peace that God promises is so much more than a warm, fuzzy feeling. And it's certainly not just a state of denial like all your problems are an illusion. (laughs) The peace of God is far more powerful and far more active than that. I want to show you something, Jeff, if you could please put that on the screen for me. This is the ancient Hebrew word picture for shalom. And I have had this substantiated before bringing it to you today, so don't be worried. But shalom means peace. It has far richer and deeper meaning than than that, but that's the core of what shalom means. It means peace. And this is the ancient Hebrew word picture for shalom. The first picture is strong teeth to destroy. The second picture is the shepherd's staff, which represents authority. The third picture is a tent peg, meaning attach. And the fourth picture is water, representing chaos. Did you know that God's peace destroys the authority attached to chaos? When we are in his fold, when we entrust our lives to him, He gives us a gift of peace, which is not a gift of denial, which is not blindsidedness, which is not a gift of no feeling or no emotion or just a sense of calm. No, His gift of peace comes to destroy the authority that is tied to chaos. And He places us under the authority of the cross, under the authority of His blood, which brings freedom and life and hope and redemption and restoration and renewal of our soul. His peace is active to destroy the authority that ties you to chaos. Secondly, this morning, the good shepherd is concerned with your protection. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. One of my observations of my little wanderers was that they became unsafe when they wandered away from the flock. The good shepherd is concerned with your protection and his protection is twofold in this representation. You have the the shepherd's rod which defends and then you have the shepherd's staff which brings you back onto the path, brings you back into relationship with him and brings you back into community with others. Don't misunderstand the rod and the staff to be tools of penalty or punishment. They were not used to beat the sheep. They were used to beat off wild animals that had come to cause harm and destroy. And the staff was used to pull sheep out of sticky situations. Hello. (laughs) Does that sound like us? The tangles of the bushes or if they were mountainside and their, their foot had slipped, the shepherd was able to bring the sheep back onto the path, back into relationship with him and back into community with others. A community that is imperfect and flawed. But the friendship that is offered, the connection that is offered, the encouragement to your faith, the prayer that stands with you, the conversations about life and God keeps you safer than if you were isolated and on the outer and easy pickings for the enemy of our souls. John 10, 11 says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his own life for the sheep, but the hired man who merely serves for wages, who is neither shepherd nor owner of the sheep. When he sees the wolf coming, he deserts the flock and runs away. 
The wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. The man runs because he's hired and serves for wages. He's not concerned about the safety of the sheep. But I am the good shepherd, and I know without doubt those who are my own. And my own know me, and I have deep personal relationship with me. Even as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my very own life, sacrificing it for the benefit of the sheep. He cares about your protection. And lastly, this morning, the good shepherd is concerned with your path. Verse 3 says, He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honour to his name. My last little observation of my wanderers was this, that they reverted back to their default path and headed towards home. The part of the story that I haven't shared with you yet is what happened on the five or so days before the day that they got lost. And when we first arrived at our holiday spot and and went out for our very first walk, we came out of where we were staying and there were simply two options. You could turn right and it was quicker. But to cross the road, there wasn't a designated crosswalk and it was just like breaks in the pavement. So they kind of assumed people would pass there, but it, it felt like the cars weren't obligated to stop because they were actually so concerned about getting on the roundabout, they weren't really looking for pedestrians. But it was quicker. But if you turned left, it was a longer route, but there was a crosswalk that created safe passage. And to my shame, I was like, let's just go the quick way. Thankfully, Maddie is far safer and wiser than me. And he said right from the get-go, he said, I want to use the crosswalk right from the beginning because I want the boys to know that that's the safe way to cross. And so maybe seven or eight walks, they had used this crosswalk to get across to the river. And then comes the day when mum and dad weren't there and aunties and uncles weren't there and granddad and grandma weren't there and they were on their own and they had to find their way home. And I said to Lygie, I said, which way did you go? And he said, well, we just went the way that we knew to go, which was to use the crosswalk. A good shepherd is concerned with the path that you're on. Because when we lose our sense of direction, we default to a well-worn path. So what is our well-worn path? Is our well-worn path getting lost in our thoughts and emotions and rationale? Is our well-worn path to just stay distracted and busy with habits and people and schedules and programs and patterns? Is our well-worn path to run back to the things and the people that tie us to chaos? Or is our well-worn path to find ourselves in his presence? Is our well-worn path to find ourselves in his word? Is our well-worn path to go to people of wisdom and maturity and say, can I have a conversation? I just need some perspective. Is our well-worn path to find ourselves on our knees and in surrender and go, God, I, I need you to step back in. I need you to dust me off, 
pick me up, put me back on the right path. And I need you to lead and guide. I'm ready to listen as you speak once again. What is our well-worn path? Because every single one of us will go through seasons where we feel a little bit lost. Where we feel like Jesus has maybe lost sight of us, like, is this situation ever going to resolve to something good? Is this ever going to turn out okay? Am I ever going to be through this? And all I know, church, for me is that I need my well-worn path to lead me to Jesus. I need my default to lead me to Jesus so that when I lose my sense of direction, that's what I revert back to. Lead me to Jesus where I know that I'm loved and He knows who I am and He knows me completely and He accepts me just as I come. Lead me to Jesus where He's going to cut the ties that have, have kept me tied to chaos and He's going to put me under the authority of freedom and hope and redemption and renewal. Lead me to Jesus where I'm washed clean and given a fresh start. Lead me to Jesus where my, my, my soul can be restored. Lead me to Jesus where my eyes can be open and my ears can be open and my heart can be tender again. Lead me to Jesus where I'm back in relationship with the one who shepherds me well and back in community with others. Come on, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And it really is a light to our path. Jesus, I thank you that you are the good shepherd. That you are the perfect balance of strength and authority. That you fight with us and for us so that we can rest and be renewed and restored and maybe even enjoy the journey of life. Jesus, I magnify you in this place again. I magnify you afresh in my heart right now. And Lord, I just pray that as we leave here today, Lord, that we would have a fresh look at our well-worn path. And maybe this year, at the very beginning, set new things in motion, set new habits in motion that lead us to Jesus, that lead us to freedom. And we love you, Lord. We give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, church. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.